Welcome into Two for One Drafts, a rookies and draft prospects podcast. I'm Austin Gelly, host of Two for One Drafts, with my guy Mike Renner. First announcement is going to be about the draft guide. The 2021 NFL Draft Guide is officially live on PFF.com. We'll get into that. We're also going to recap the championship games. A lot of takes to be had about the Green Bay Packers and that disaster. And also, I think there's some conversation around Josh Allen and what happened with the Buffalo Bills. And then obviously, we'll preview the Super Bowl just a little bit, just to see how it feels. And then preview the Senior Bowl. It's Senior Bowl week. I, we wish we were in Mobile. We wish we could party down at uh, Veets. I think is the name of that bar that everyone's at. You know, goddamn well, it's Veets. <laughs> it's definitely Veets. Um, but yeah, we're gonna preview the Senior Bowl. Look at you know every, each position group. Highlight some of the notables, some of the best guys in PFF's top 200 right now. Uh, I'm excited for it. Let's get it. Can I call you Michael? I would I would prefer Mike, but you can call me Michael. <laughs> we have a jam-packed show today. We have so oh, yeah. much we need to get into. We gotta gotta cover the draft guide. I got a story about my dad's second and third DUIs that are absolute gems. You have a good story about the previous year's draft guide about Ichor Gross Matos, which is fantastic. It's not it's kind of tragic, but it's, it's kind of uh, tragic. It's not yeah, it's more tragic than it's fantastic, but I think it is a good a good note there. We're gonna recap the championship games and then the senior bowl preview, dude. I'm freaking stoked. I'm freaking stoked. Let's start with this. The 2021 NFL Draft Guide is live. Yes. If you subscribe to PFF's Edge or Elite subscription, you get access to the Draft Guide and all of its updates. Like we update this thing in February, we're gonna update it in March, update in April, all the way up to it has like 300 players in the damn guide. And today, the final version's dope, sick. Yes. Yeah. So if you get the annual subscription, you're gonna get the the all the way through the final version. Yeah. And today, through the Monday after the Super Bowl. Super Bowl 25, promo code Super Bowl 25 gets you 25% off. But there's another way you can get it. You leave a review in the podcast on Apple Podcasts, leave a you know five-star review and a nice review, and then send me a screenshot of that review or you a screenshot of that review in Twitter DMs. Our DMs are open. I just opened them up. Here come the floodgates. You send me a screenshot of that review, and it has to be after January 25th. Or no, January 25th or after. You send me a screenshot of that review, you enter a chance to win a draft guide. And you know how many I'm giving away? Guess how many? How many? I'm giving 50% of however DMs or however reviews we get. So the more reviews we get, the more draft guides we're giving out. It's a percentage. You know, that's how it works. This is math here. We're math people. Excited about that. Also, how are your DMs not open before this? I don't know. You're no wonder your dating life's such a mess. Yeah. Someday. Someday I'll figure it out. All right. Give me the Eater Gross Matos thing. Okay. So in honor of the draft guide, the very first draft guide that I was in charge of creating, we had a process, which we still do to this day, where you write the backgrounds mm-hmm. and I will do the analysis and like player evaluation part and that sort of thing. And so I, I hadn't read the background of Etor Gross Matos when I'm writing my part of it. Mm-hmm. And Tragically, Etor Grossmatos's brother got killed by lightning strike. Yeah, it was, he nuts. was struck by lightning, died when he was growing up. And I write afterwards, and it's the same paragraph. It goes from your paragraph of the background to mine of the analysis. I wrote, Etor Grossmatos looks like he's going to be the lightning rod of this draft class. I and remember, I'm reading I remember through. when the editors called that out. It was live. No, I, I, I saw it. I oh, saw that's it. Right. That's, I, I'm reading through the day we dropped the draft guide, and I'm like, oh my. Fucking God. <laughs> like, so I bad. cannot. I immediately go to you. I'm like, oh, so we have to change this. Like, right now, <laughs> no, no, 
no stopping it. So if you were had the first draft guide and downloaded it the very first day when it first came out, you can go back and look. It's probably still there. I feel awful about it. That was rough. But that yeah, was like as soon as, that's like one of those nuts. like that's like one of those mistakes that like you can get fired for like because it's such a bad look. But yeah. it was a pure mistake. Yeah, pure mistake. Okay, so Idris Grossmatos's brother. They were playing catch, I think, at like Little League or something, and he was struck by lightning like next to the dude. Yeah. And then, and then like down the road, his like dad, I think, dies like falling out of a boat and saving him. Like, dude, he's been through a lot, man. It's a, it's definitely a tragic story, but that was a big mix up. Um, draft guide is live. Go get it. PFF.com. Hopefully, no, hopefully none of those. Yeah, hopefully year. none of those this year. If you find them, please send them in the DMs. The DMs are yeah. open. And then make sure if you want a free draft guide, I'll send you a free draft guide. Send a screenshot of your Apple review to either Mike or me, and I'm giving 50% of those reviews a free draft guide. Now, DUI story. I'm going to run through it because we got to get the championship recap and we got to do senior bowl preview. My dad's second DUI. I talked about my first car. My dad, my first car, my dad got me a 65 Mustang. He had it in the family for a while. My grandma previously drove it, but 65 Mustang doesn't have power steering. And if you don't, if you don't Oof, know what not God. having power steering is like, you, can, you can't parallel park it if you're like an old grandma like my grandma was. So she gives it back to my dad. My dad gives it to me as my first car. I'm like 17 or whatever it was. I drive it for like two weeks to high school. Freaking baller. It's, it, it was awesome. Cherry red, 65 Mustang. The thing was sick. My dad asked to borrow it to take to the bar or whatever and he freaking totals it like completely totals it like flips it multiple times coming down the street right down from our house then flees the scene right after so he flees the scene he leaves the car just completely wrecked crawls out and so i lived on this like monster hill like dude dude was like if there was if it snowed there in california you could ski down it my dad said he was sprinting down this hill but going so fast that when you know when you sprint downhill he's rolling down the hill he said he like rolled multiple times down this hill (laughs) then there's this crawl space under our house and his you know drunk ass gets under the house and says he slept there for like he doesn't even know like he's like i'm gonna stay here until you know hopefully this rides out wakes up finds he's in the crawl space gets out goes upstairs like hides away for a little bit then the cops end up knocking on the door bails out of the backyard bails out into the backyard hops the fence gets in his other car my dad's always had multiple cars mechanics since you're 16 fun fact you always have like four or five cars that you're like quote unquote working on this other car it's at night driving around and the cops are like chasing him and instead of using his brake lights he's using the e-brake so the or instead of using his brakes He's using the e-brake because if you use your brakes, the brake lights come on and he can see you. So he has the lights off and he's just going e-brake everywhere, whipping around these turns. He eventually like loses them, parks, like lays the seat back and like just like ends up losing them. Then like a week later, like he thinks he's out of it. Like they, they keep knocking on the door, but he doesn't come up. Apparently he goes on a bender and he opens the door and it's them and they like he's like out of a stump, like a like a absolute stumper or whatever. He's like, they're like, you've been scaling? He's like, yeah. And he's like, Dude, you're under arrest. He's like, oh, <laughs> like that's how he ends up getting caught. It's insane. So that's his second DUI. It doesn't end up going to jail. Just pays a bunch of money. His third DUI. How do you not go to jail at that point? Yeah, just, stuff, stuff to see. Yeah. He, uh, but third DUI, and this is a quicker story. We're, I, he's like, take me down to the liquor store, grab me a six pack. So you know, no problem. It's just a different car. I don't remember what freaking car it was. Um, no, I think it was my Pontiac Trans Am. He got me another muscle car after the Mustang. Goes down there. I drive. On the way back, he's like, I got to show you how to drive this thing. And when I, when you're like 17, dude, and your dad, even though he's had a couple, like tells you I got to show you how to drive this thing, it's like down the street. It's hard to be like, no. And my dad's like an intimidating motherfucker. Like, it's like, hey, I got to drive this back. I got to show you how to drive this thing. And he like whips like six donuts in the parking lot, whips it around the red light, goes into park, and then the cop is like right behind him and just pulls up behind him as he parks. And then he screams at me. He's like, switch seats with me. I was like, dude, are you an idiot? Like, they're right behind us. Like, see us switch. He's like, just switch seats with me. We like end up like, jumping over each other switching seats the cop knocks on the door <laughs> i'm in the driver's seat and he's like hey man how's it going i was like oh doing well he's like 
why'd you guys switch seats? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> so then I'm out. My dad's like pretty belligerent, like answering the questions like an asshole. Like he's, and oh, then Jesus. I'm like, I don't know what to tell you, man. Like you kind of know what happened here. <laughs> he's like, yeah, I do. And I was like, uh, okay. So then that's when my dad ended up getting his like third DUI and had to go to jail for a bit. But oh, man. It was, it was crazy. How do you not own a car now? Like, I don't I feel like you would. Cars? So I don't own a I car. You have I, a I ride a bicycle. Cars and now. I've been riding a bicycle in Cincinnati since I moved here in May 2017. Yeah. One, the biggest reason for that was to pay off student loan debt. Because cars mm. are money pits, man. Yeah. Gas, insurance, all that stuff. And I paid off student loan debt in about two and a half years, humble flex. There you go. And I still don't have one because I do think it's a big investment. And I live so close to the office. Like, I just haven't, like, yeah. swung the bat on one yet. Yeah. It does, it does hurt when one. the ladies find out. No, it does hurt when the ladies find out. Yeah. I have told them, like, it's in the shop a couple times on a couple first dates just to see how it feels, but it uh, doesn't always end up working oh, out that it, way. Actually. Or I'll say, like, I'm very environmentally friendly. You know, that, I'm trying that, to reduce my Yeah, footprint. that's got to be your angle there. I should probably lean on that pretty heavy. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, those are my dad's second and third DUIs. Hasn't had one since. Knock on wood. All right. Let's jump into this championship recap. I know you have some takes oh, on the Bucks Packers game. So that's where we have to start. Okay. People are upset because you, and I think rightfully so, are mentioning that the Green Bay Packers did not have a good draft, and that in a lot of ways affected their season. Just explain that take to me. Explain okay. what you're saying, what you're thinking. So they did not lose yesterday because of their draft class. They could have won that game. They very easily could have. They were probably, in terms of just, like, you watch that game, you probably come away thinking the Packers were the better of the two teams. They just looked more competent on both sides of the ball outside of a few massively boneheaded plays. But a wide receiver that could get off press coverage could have swung that game in their favor. Alan Lazard had two very crucial plays the one interception where he couldn't get off Sean Murphy bunting that maybe was a hole, maybe it wasn't, whatever. It's the postseason. And the other one that, you know, crossed over the middle where he was just stuck on Sean Murphy bunting again. If you have a guy that wins those two routes, that game could go very differently. If you have a guy that doesn't drop the ball in the end zone like Equinemia St. Brown, you go for that fourth down at the end because it get it puts you ahead. You don't go for a field goal. If you draft a cornerback in the second round instead of a running back, you don't have Kevin King there. If you have Cameron Dantzler there, you probably have a better chance of not having the worst cornerback performance I've seen in maybe postseason history in Kevin King. Like 31.1 PFF grade. And I'm not saying like everyone can point to, oh, would you have done that pre-draft? Would you have, you know, like what position, whatever. Like I'm not saying one guy revisionist history, one guy wasn't going to be necessarily a difference maker. But when you had that draft class, you pigeonholed yourself into no guy being a difference maker. Like you said, no one in this draft class will make a difference year one when you draft a backup at quarterback, a backup at running back, and a fullback. You basically say, we're not going to have our rookie class make any impact. And I've always said, like, don't rely on your rookie class to make an impact. But you should at least have, a, have them have the opportunity. They should at least have a path to the football field to make an impact if you're drafting them in the first, second, or third round, day one or day two. Those picks should have a path to see the football field or else. At least some of them should. And especially when you're a team that lost in the NFC Championship game a year ago, where you were that close, where you thought you had a chance to win a Super Bowl. Because one guy could have been the, the difference between winning and losing that game yesterday for them. Yeah, I mean, I think to sum up kind of what you said, I think what most resonates with me from what you said, they didn't lose that game because they had a bad draft. However, yeah. I think that that last comment, they pigeonholed themselves with that draft by backing dra drafting three consecutive backups in the top three rounds by not having a rookie in that game that to to make a positive impact. I think that's obviously 
a concern. And you just look at their past two drafts. They had seven picks inside the first three rounds. Two of them ended up being starters. Obviously, Rashawn Gary also played some, uh, not as a starter in this one. And you have guys, you drafted running back and a fullback and a tight end, and none of them even started yesterday in the top three round picks. Like the least, three least valuable positions maybe in the NFL. And none of, the, and none of them even made an impact. If you, if you take a shot at all three of those guys at cornerback in the last two years, at wide receiver in the last two years, and that's why we say here, early in the draft, take the valuable positions because it's a it's a lot they're all lottery tickets but those lottery tickets could pay off a lot more Mm -hmm. you know and and i also have kind of a take about the franchise quarterback drafting the quarterback of the future and what they did with jordan love and the fact that i don't think that guy that's a viable strategy in the nfl anymore i just i wrote an article today that's on pff.com saying you don't have to settle for the bad quarterback you don't have to settle for the guys that have been passed over by everyone else anymore because quarterback talent is becoming readily available. There's more quarterback talent in the NFL today than ever before. You can find Tom Brady on the free agent market. You can trade for Matt Stafford and Sean Watson right now. Like there is other avenues that if you are like the Saints, the Steelers, the Colts, the Packers right now, you don't have to you know trade for Deshaun Kaiser hoping he's the next guy. Hope draft Jordan Love in the first, hoping he's the next guy. If you're going to draft that quarterback, do what the Chiefs did. Draft, go up and get one of the top guys. If that's where you're playing for quarterback in the future, the also rands of the world, like the second, third, fourth round picks, are not hitting anymore. There's like four guys in the past decade who have come out of that sort of group of quarterbacks that have been anywhere close to viable. That's just not a strategy that's going to be long-term sound you can find quarterbacks nowadays we can talk about this game and the games overall for like a whole podcast but yeah. there's only other one comment i want you to kind of touch on is what's your take on what aaron Rodgers said after the game do you think that they're going to be looking I, for I think it's just purely overblown by media types wanting to get a storyline he was upset and sad that they lost and yeah. that they exactly why like my thought right here that they could have won that game and that if they had done more to win this season they probably would have won that game so I think he's in the same boat. He's going to beat their quarterback next year. It would be an if if he wants to force a trade. I don't blame him after you like I said after you just ruined one of his years basically that he could have easily won a championship. Um, but that'd be the only way he's not the quarterback. That Mark Murphy, the decision making staff there, would be absolutely roasted by the Packers fans if they forced him out of town. And last thing, the decision for Matt Lafleur to kick the field goal on fourth down. I think that's a little overblown. I think that was definitely the wrong decision. But it's not like why they if they stop them there on a three and out, it looks a lot different. Like they yeah. they just they ha- they're going to have to stop them at some point anyways. If they score the touchdown, get the two point conversion there, are they going to stop them in a two minute drill? Maybe, probably mm-hmm. not. Like I don't know. They, they just they needed the stop anyways. I, I, that was not that was kind of a blip on a one blip in a game full of larger blips. That is why they lost. Like the the fucking. To play before the end of the half, the worst defensive call that was outside of Greg Williams running cover zero I saw all year was also was that a single high cover reason. one and just got toasted. Yeah, on um, when literally and it wasn't even like outside leverage. They were like it wasn't even guarding the sidelines. There was no rhyme or reason to a call like that. They had a guy, they had a robber in the middle of the field. Why do you have a robber in the middle of the field? If, that was a panic call, right? Like I mean, like you just, you just weren't just, prepared yeah, for exactly. the situation. Like he literally just oblivious of the situation to, to have a, a safety in the middle of the field he doesn't need to be there yeah you let a guy 
catch a ball there mm-hmm. 10 times out of 10. Oh. I have a take on, you know, the Jadon Mickens, he gets that ball and he, he slides did. before the two seconds left. Yeah. I, I, obviously, at face value, when I saw it, I was like, are you an idiot? Like, is that, that might have been the dumbest thing I've ever seen. But maybe this is big brain. But like with two seconds left on first down, it gives you the option, no matter what, the clock's going to stop. We can throw the football. And if it's incomplete, it was going to stop anyway. But we they throw the football on first down, they gain nine yards. And then obviously you have the offsides that kind of pushes it forward. But like, what do you think of that? That's your out your galaxy branding yourself because you could do that anyways. Yeah, you yeah. After the two minute warning, there's nothing stopping you from passing. Yeah, but football. but I'm saying if it's incomplete, you're stopping the clock. If it's yeah. incomplete on first down with two seconds left, it's not you stopping the clock. It's it was going to stop anyway. Okay, but you get what I'm saying. Think about it. Think about it. There's one. Uh, there's five seconds less because mm-hmm. it would be after the two minute warning. Yeah, yeah. So it'd be like 1:55. Clock would be stopped. They'd have three timeouts. You complete that pass, though, on first down, Packers still have to use the timeout. Mm-hmm. That pass is incomplete. They still have three timeouts, which is what they'd have after the two-minute warning also. It's true. Maybe it's Galaxy brand. So it was very Galaxy brand. It's, there was no – there was literally there – was, that was as boneheaded a decision as anything else that was made in that game. I was just trying to help Jaden make it. Because <laughs> I, I was definitely – He was definitely told to do it. Like, there was no mm-hmm. – someone there was – Maybe it wasn't Mickens' fault then. Special teams yeah. coach shit the bed. Someone there was. Um, all right, let's jump off of that game. We can obviously preview the box going to the Super Bowl. Tom Brady in his 10th, but I think we'll do that a little bit closer to the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. This game's going to get overanalyzed to the point where we're talking about Tom Brady's kids. Um, let's not get into that, actually. Um, but when we have Bill's Chiefs here, this game I thought was very interesting. I think the conversation starts with Josh Allen. One of the worst games we saw from him this season. I think he earned yeah. a sub-60.0 PFF grade. Really, really took some really bad sacks in this game. Was trying to do too much, trying to play hero ball in some of this. That, I think, was concerning. I know a couple weeks ago, and I hope it does, I hope it ha- your opinion hasn't changed significantly, but a couple weeks ago you said they should be sprinting to sign him to that $40-plus million contract before it gets too big. Mm-hmm. Even after this game, were you still feeling really confident in Josh Allen as a starter? Yeah, I think so. Uh, he did turn back into a pumpkin a little bit, but... Like the level, like the accuracy, this it's all still there. Mm-hmm. I think it was just a bad game and a really good credit to the Chiefs' defensive game plan that they had for him to go up and just challenge the receiver. So, uh, yeah, they played a ton of press, dude. Charvarius Ward and Jerry yeah. Sneed were up there rocking. Yeah, they really just threw the timing off. It was really, and, and then they gave up a, a boatload of points. Like the Chiefs' offense is just a juggernaut. You're yeah. not going to stop. Dude, Tyree Kill versus Terran Johnson was. Yeah. <laughs> popcorn level and that's so that's another thing i wanted to bring up is watching those four teams yesterday looking at those wide receiving cores and the wide receiver talent that was in those games when you have tyreek hill stefan diggs Devontae adams probably the three best receivers in the nfl this season Uh, add in travis kelsey and that's not even they may even even have had the best receiving cores the bucks may have the best receiving core of any team in the nfl Mm -hmm. when you look at mike evans chris godwin if you are someone like the giants who we've said needs a wide receiver or someone like who's been like oh no we're fine at wide receiver look at that look at that game that's what you need to be at wide receiver if you're going to compete with those teams if you don't have that level of talent at wide receiver you're not going to operate at that level of offensive efficiency because you're just not going to be able to teams are going to come up and check your wide receivers. And if they can't get open consistently, it just screws your quarterback. Your quarterback's going to look worse when he's going to his first read and his first read is completely blanketed. When your first read is always open, when you can always rely on Tyreek Hill to get open, when you can always rely on Travis Kelsey to get open, your job is just a lot easier at the quarterback position. Your offensive operates far more effectively. So that's, if you are one of those teams in the middle of the NFL in terms of offensive efficiency, what you do, 
look at your wide receiving core objectively and say, are we close to that level? If you're not, you better be if you want to win Super Bowls. I think it's that, uh, just a little bit of a counter. I think it's that, but it's also a combination of that and offensive scheme. Like Kansas City Chiefs receiving core oh, yeah, no, creates I'm more separation or it's like, open by more yards on average than any of the receiving core in the NFL, according to Eric Eager and some other uh, data that PFF has. A lot of that is Andy Reid just getting guys wide the hell open. Yeah. Like he is, he creates a ton of open throws in that offense. Shanahan does a good job for that with the San Francisco 49ers. Like you need to have a combination of legit wide receiver talent that when Teron Johnson is in man coverage against Tyreek Hill, you can toast him. But also yeah. you also need a very good offensive mind that knows how to run concepts that create separation for receivers on their own. No, you need both for sure, but you... You at least need that guy that you can rely on to win. Yeah. If you don't have that guy, you can rely on to win. If you don't have that, like a stud or multiple of that guy, which is even helps more, you're kind of like you're just not going to be. Because teams can play bully ball offense. on you. They exactly. can bring the guys on the line of scrimmage and, and, and try and you know push off timing those types of things. They'll play bully ball all day, and that will hurt you. I think you you, you can't you can't rely on scheme overly, but you also I think that at the same time you can't rely on guys just creating separation every single time. I think it is this combination yes. that we speak to. That's interesting. I, li- I like that takeaway a lot. I think Mahomes, I, I had this take, when Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, and Travis Kelsey are the three highest graded players in the game, you're going to lose every time. That's, yes. that's, that's just a fact. When those three guys show up, those three superstars, and I'd throw Andy Reid in the conversation as well, they are the best team in the NFL and it's not close. And I think you have to find ways to limit those three. Or it's, and it's, it's because all three of them are dominant. It's not because you're a complete offense. Yeah, yeah, Offense yeah. line sucked yesterday. The offense line's going to be worse than the Super Bowl, yeah. too. <laughs> but you are dominant because you have dominant play. Like, you have that legit high-level talent. So, if you, like I said, if you're not close to that, if your receiving core looks average on paper, you're never going to be competing with those teams for Super Bowls. Impressive stuff, too. Nice. It was really, really, really good football conversation there on the championship games. We'll definitely, as we get closer to the Super Bowl, preview the Super Bowl, talk about that a ton. But uh, it's now time to get to the Senior Bowl, talk more about the Senior Bowl, preview that position group. But before we do so, just going to take a quick short break. PFF and Action Pro are teaming up. Subscribe to PFF's Elite Annual Subscription using promo code ACTION to receive a year of Elite Subscription access and... One year, 365 days of Action Pro subscription access for just $199.99. Action Pro is Action Network's premium subscription offering tailor-made to make avid and new bettors better. This is a limited-time offer that is currently only made available now through the Super Bowl. This offer only applies to first-time elite annual subscribers. In these uncertain times, life is full of questions. Like, when should I start thinking about life insurance? But however difficult these questions may be, Western and Southern can help you answer them. Backed by over 130 years of experience, together we can look ahead to leave the unknown behind. Western and Southern Financial Group, life insurance, retirement, and investments. Compensated endorser, products issued by member companies of Western and Southern Financial Group, Cincinnati, Ohio. It is a damn shame we are not in Mobile. Mobile is too much fun. I mean, we had a ton of fun. Who were we hanging out with down there last time? Michael Kist was down there. The Eagles. He like writes for Bleeding Green, I think. And, yeah. And does some podcasting for SB Nation. Awesome dude. Seth. Uh, Seth Glina. We met. He got a job. Yeah. He got a job at PFF. We met Seth Glina. Took him to Waffle House, and I was like, we have to hire this guy. Fantastic dude. Seth Glina. We met down there. But yeah, it was it was a ton of fun. You had fun talking to Todd McShay about Josh Jones. Some good things happening. Unfortunately, stuck in Cincinnati, avoiding COVID, which I think is good, but also avoiding a lot of the fun down there. I already got it though. You know. Stop with that, please. I, I don't want to get in this conversation with you. All right, let's start with the defensive backs. What I'm going to do is read a lot of the notables, and a lot, most of these guys, if not all of these guys, are in PFF's top 200 right now, PFF's top 200 in the draft class. I'm going to read these names, and then let's just have a conversation about some of these guys you're excited about. Yeah, we're not going to gonna read off Ian Book. 
Yeah, yeah. Not Ian, I'm not reading off Ian Book. Although we uh, kind of just did by saying that, but yeah. Still. Defensive backs. James Wiggins, Divine Diablo. Gotta say the school. I gotta say the school. Yeah. This is just ridiculous. Let me get to the school list here. You don't know all the schools? Come on. I, James I Wiggins, Cincinnati. Yeah, James Wiggins, Fellow Cincinnati. Cincinnati alum. Divine Diablo of Virginia, Virginia Tech. Tech. Tyree Gillespie of Missouri. We have uh, Hamsa, Richard Lacoon of Georgia, Hamsa Najral Dean of Florida State, Richie Grant of UCF, Elijah Molden, Washington, Thomas Graham of Oregon, Trey Brown of Oklahoma, I want to yep. say. Yep. Trey Brown of Oklahoma, Ambry Thomas of Michigan, Aaron Robertson, Aaron Robinson, UCF, Robert Rochelle, Central Arkansas, Cameron Bynum of Cal, Rodarius Williams of, I'm losing the name Oklahoma off the top State. of my head. Huh? Oklahoma State, Greedy Oklahoma Williams, State, brother. That's right. And then Ifatu Melifanu of Syracuse. Where R- I want to start. Darius Williams is Greedy Williams' older brother. I know. That's wild. He's from like the recruiting yeah. class of like 2015 or something. Yeah. I wrote his background. It's uh, He's an older dude. Um, where I want to start the conversation, who's the best cornerback here? Ooh, I like that conversation. I'm going to go, man, it is either, if we're going actual pure cornerback. In one-on-ones. Who's going to be the best cornerback in one-on-ones in Mobile? I will say Ifitu Melifanwu, yeah. but him Fatu. or Ifatu. God damn it, every time. Ifatu Melifanwu. I was going to be my pick. I thought you were going to. Or Ann Robinson of UCF. They're both very, very good. They they are probably my opinion day two guys. Now Aaron Robinson was just in DJ's mock in the first round, mm-hmm. which is wild to me. He played mostly slot there over his career, but he's probably going to be like an outside corner in the NFL. Is what he looks like. Talented dude, but I think Ifatu has this sort of traits that in the one-on-ones will look good. Like he's just a freak. And if someone can just someone can just make him press a little bit there, some little physicality, which, hey, I don't know if you can. I don't know if you can teach, give him, get the dog in him. You can take it out of guys, but you can't put it in him. Uh, but, man, he's – that's whole Syracuse secondary, just an all-time athletic secondary that – Mm-hmm. was awful on the actual football field. I don't know who their coaching staff is. I, know, I hope they're not listening, but it was – you should have done better than what you did. So if you have the 2021 NFL Draft Guide, you can know that Aaron Robertson was like well-coveted recruit coming out of Deerfield Beach High School, which if you don't know Deerfield Beach High School, it's one of the powerhouses in Florida that has a ton of talent every single year. 20 scholarship offers as a three-star, 6'1", 193. Originally committed to Florida, then was an Alabama commit. And then obviously, after you know, after that, ended up transferring after a true freshman season where he played in all 13 games, transferred to UCF the following season. So this guy's got had offers coming out and like legitimately was coveted for his athletic ability. I think he's going to be a really interesting player to see at the uh, at in Mobile in the one on ones. I think I thought it was going to be a conversation between Elijah Molden and Ifatu Melifanu. See, Molden's Mel- pure slot though. I think he ends up at safety in the league. Okay, is where I think Elijah Molden will. Of if in terms of the safeties there. I think he holds up the best in the one-on-ones for sure. I think, uh, yeah, Elijah Moulton's awesome. And I think he did. He played really well in the slot under Jimmy Lake at Washington over the past two seasons. Like his yeah. his past two seasons of production is very good. I like Moulton in that group. I think Ifatu Melifanwu is one of my favorites. Cameron Bynum of Cal has graded really well. Interested to watch him. I, and then um, let's talk safeties. Richard LeCount, and I don't know if that's how you pronounce LeCount, it. LeCount. LeCount. And then Hampson Dean. And then let's bring Richie Grant into the conversation as well. Of those three, who are you most looking forward to watching here? I think Hamza Nasrul Dean. He played a really diverse role for Florida State. I remember watching his sophomore tape when they would like use him at goal a cornerback in the goal line. They had him pressing T. Higgins there on the outside. He's a really athletic guy, but we really haven't seen him like at six four, two twenty five. Is he gonna play safety? 
in today's NFL, or is he a linebacker? Like he he played safety at Florida State, but they'd also play him in the box. So I, I'm interested to see just where he lines up there, how he does in the one on ones. Uh, but I think I think Richard Grant might be the best, like pure safety. His tape's the best. Yeah, you know, say pure safety of this entire group. I just think he's a really solid player, and he's, he's not not a freak athlete. Not going to win any beauty contests per se. Same, but he's good, just like you. <laughs> Last guy I'll bring up is James Wiggins, who is a three-time Bruce Feldman's Freaks List member. He was on it for three years in a row. You've brought this up, and I can't get it out of my head, and it's why I'm lower on Wiggins. He's stiff as hell. Like you, you yeah. see, you see him in the slot, and there's times where he needs to change direction laterally, and you have concerns. But from a pure explosiveness and strength standpoint, this yeah. guy is a monster. Like I, I loved watching him at Cincinnati, and like it was so unfortunate when he did suffer a season-ending injury. I believe if not this year, last year, like he was really impressive when he did play. I do think that there is a role for this kid in the NFL. Like Special teams is his floor, and I'm just going to find a way to get him on the football field because the dude's an absolute gamer as well. Like He had, I think, three or four game-winning like picks mm-hmm. in his like best season at Cincinnati. Like I don't know. I, I'm really impressed with Wiggins. The stiffness can't get out of my head when you turn on the tape, but I do think um, you, I'm really, really excited kind to see him of Mobile. personifies that fickle defense just that hard nose yes it does it does it kind of reminds me of a kind of jonathan abram i don't think he's as fast as abram mm-hmm. was coming out so he probably won't get drafted like nearly as high but like box player type of player let's play him in the block let's play him in the box like, and like a gus bradley scheme yeah where he's just gonna attack downhill yes. so hard and now jonathan abram you never coach that out of him he could never stop going downhill <laughs> like he'll he'll just start running downhill at nothing sometimes like Only chasing the quarterback speed chasing the quarterback from single high but it's like my dad running downhill after the DUI yeah, that's but I, I think Wiggins that's a similar type of player like if you're if you're Dan Campbell and you're like I need a I need a tone setter I need a guy to eat some kneecaps you're drafting yeah if if the kneecaps and the other team are just like primed and not haven't been eaten yet James Wiggins will eat some kneecaps we haven't had a podcast since the Dan Campbell thing kind of broke Twitter and then when the Matthew Stafford where he's now being like on the market. Can oh, we yeah. talk a little bit about the Lions just for a second? Okay. Dan Campbell, the kneecap eating thing was hilarious. And I, I'm of the opinion that I'm still not going to judge him as a coach. Like, I, I, I still don't know like what he brings to the table. If anything, yeah. a player's coach, a motivator, a guy that's going to yeah, get I mean, by in early. It seems like Pete Carroll-esque yes. situation where, <laughs> yeah, like this isn't, you're getting a, or even like, at the college level, uh, Coach O. The Coach O doesn't scheme anything. Yeah, he's yeah. a recruiter and a monster and a tone setter. Yeah, like he's like he sets the vibe. It's mm-hmm. a vibe, big vibe guy. Uh, that's Dan Campbell. I think that's why you bring him in. I mean, that's why. Gosh, I'm f- blanking on the name of Spielman that they brought in. Chris Spielman. Mm-hmm. They brought in to basically be to run the organization now um, and hire everybody. And former linebacker, former you know tone Deuce setter. Deuce now. Right. Throw, uh, and so. Okay. That's what they're trying to build there, even though that's kind of what they were trying to build there the last three years also uh, under Dan Quinn. But, but I think, so the Matthew Stafford news, why Dan Campbell got a six-year contract, I think is he had to have known going in that they were going to be yeah, moving out from Matthew Stafford knew. and yes, and, and, and ready to rebuild. I think the best landing spots for Stafford, and they said this on the PFF NFL Daily, a new podcast that Sam and Steve do that goes every single day of the week. Um, they said the Colts and the Broncos. And I like both of those, honestly. Like, if the... The Denver Broncos. I've been saying the Steelers though too. Steelers is a good one. If Roethlisberger retires, now it's if he retires, but if they do, because they are that desperate, they're in that desperate window mm-hmm. where, like the Colts and Steelers are in a similar spot. Well, Colts aren't as desperate. You mean Colts and Broncos? I don't think yeah, the Broncos yeah. are necessarily desperate right now. Mm-hmm. Colts, I think, are kind of 
in the same built in the same boat where it's like we have a roster built built to win now even though theirs is more young mm-hmm. Steelers is kind of old like yeah, Steelers fair. really have to get that guy like next year year after that and then that's kind of it with this group that they got we're going off on a tangent but i have to bring this up too i don't think he's at the senior bowl but my favorite story about coach o and you brought him up as like this player's motivator and recruiter is the tyler shelvin one you know that coach o he was hired to be the coach of LSU, and the second day he was eating gumbo in Tyler Shelvin's house with like half the city where he's from, convincing him to come that to was, LSU. Yeah. And yeah. talked about with his grandma. The story from the Athletic is fantastic. Just Google Tyler Shelvin the Athletic, and it's about like Tyler Shelvin just battling weight issues, trying to stay down on weight, trying to get academically eligible. Like he had to take a med- like a, he had to take a academic redshirt when he got to LSU, but like mm-hmm. believed in this guy and like. The way they talk about Tyler Shelvin in practice, they talk about him like he's just like this absolute freak of nature, like legit dancing bear in terms of athlete. <laughs> I am really excited to see him get to the NFL. And if he can get yeah. weight issues down and like that academic stuff checks out, like, I don't know. Tyler Shelvin's an interesting player, but Coach O like literally groomed the motherfucker since like he was a high school kid, which is which is crazy to hear about. But all right, let's jump out of the defensive backs now and move to um, defensive line. Wyatt Hubert, Kansas State. These are the notables again. Not every player at the senior bowl, but the notables. Wyatt Hubert, Kansas State, Marvin Wilson, Florida State, Levi Amuzarike of Washington, Carlos Basham Jr. of Wake Forest, Rashad Weaver and Patrick Jones of Pitt, Peyton Turner of Houston, Deo Odeyingbo, the guy who tore his Achilles. Yeah. From Unfortunately, that we won't be able to see him. And you have Quincy Roche of Miami, Florida, and then William Bradley King, the former what? Arkansas State former transfer. Arkansas State. That now is uh, coming as Baylor kid. Um, yeah. Coming as a Baylor kid. Yeah. Well, he went to Baylor last year. All right. Let's start with Marvin Wilson. I loved Marvin Wilson's 2019 tape. I watched it again before this podcast, and I'm like, holy crap. This guy was dominant. Like, turn on the Boise State game. He is manhandling dudes. And there's other games as well with Marvin Wilson where, like, oh, my gosh, this guy has the moves to win as an interior pass rusher. We just did not see that at all this year. And he was. This guy was five-star, top DT recruit, everything. And, like, you thought maybe – Derek Brown-esque senior years. I think what he was thinking. He I saw thought, that's Brown, what I was thinking. Like skyrocket up boards because Derek Brown was in after their junior years. Derek Brown and Marvin Wilson were thought of probably in the same light. Where mm-hmm. it's like maybe they sneak into the first, probably more like a second rounder. Derek Brown's a monster senior year, goes top ten. Marvin Wilson shows back up and was the worst football we saw from him like in his college career. Damn, I don't know what happened, but redemption time got to get him on the pod i think he could be a guy that could earn some money winning in the one-on-ones yeah. against his interior kind of like lineman. i mean kind of like uh gosh i'm so javon kinlaw it's got too many names in my head after the whole draft guy but javon <laughs> kinlaw last year comes to the senior bowl one day puts on a show and then it's just like okay yeah that's, that's, that's why like, that guy's point. on a different level Dude, than he, that first day he only what did like what eight reps and like everyone was like oh my gosh he's the best player here like yeah. it wasn't even close Nuts. Um, other names here. Two two bigger edges that I know you like a lot. Carlos Basham Jr. and Peyton Turner. Those are big boys. I'm a sucker edge. for those guys. Those, if you got, I, if you're big, I'm not as high on them, but I know you love them, and I, I, I want to understand you. If you're big and explosive, like size helps so much once you get to the end. Big, long, explosive. Big fan? That's, there's a path to success. You're going to be set a hard edge in the run game. It's the way they play. Like, you just be able to set a hard edge in the run game, and you're going to push pockets. I think that, and and that's like a consistent, productive profile. Uh, Basham, though, he doesn't play that way is the only concern. He plays like he's 240 and tries to swim guys left yeah. and right. And, like, 
he was out. He was number two on Bruce Feldman's freaks list. Not only because he had a thirty-six inch vertical at two hundred eighty pounds, but because he had like a four-one-nine shuttle. Like because he can, because he is quick so, laterally for a guy that size. But he gets way too cute. Someone get him with like a real. I don't want to say real D line coach. I don't want to hate on Wake Forest defensive line coach. I don't know him, but if he gets in, someone in the NFL gets in his ear and says, "Hey, you're not too, you're not a dancing you're not Bob Miller." Exactly. You're like stop doing the stop doing inside moves. Stop trying to like dip to the outside. Just go through a mother effer's chest, so to Love speak. It. Get like, Dan Campbell. And, Dan Campbell will tell him that. Yeah, I bet you he will. Uh, and and Peyton Turner only four games this year at Houston, but he was like just one of those tapes where no one. It, he didn't belong in the same field. Like he was just at a different level than everyone else. You can't really, can't really learn too much for it. So he has a chance to make himself a lot of money. The one guy I really want to see, well, I want to see Odi Yangbo too, but Levi Muzurike, Washington defensive tackle, opted out this past year, was is probably the most athletic defensive tackle in this. Him or Ellen McNeil, probably the most athletic in terms of just like pure explosiveness, what they bring to the table in that regard. Never really consistent on tape. He'll have reps though that are insane if you go back and watch them. But yeah, it's just very inconsistent, yep. and that's why he came back this year. But he needs to say, "Hey, I have some like real pass rushing moves," because that was never the case before. Yeah, I think he's another guy that can make some money. I'm, I'm excited to watch Rashad Weaver a bit. I think he wins with his hands a ton at, at Pitt. I want to see if that can translate against some better offensive tackles at the Senior Bowl. And then Quincy Roche, I can't get that freaking Rashawn Roche. Sorry, Quincy Roche. I can't get that Rashawn Slater game out of my head. That, Slater? Was it Slater? Darisaw. I think I'm right, Darisaw, sorry. I can't yeah. get the Darisaw game out of my head where yeah. he just looked obsolete. That's what worry about when it's like a guy has. And who who is the guy who recently got hired? A GM, I think, said this on the record. It's like, watch the tape against guys that are actually going to play in the NFL. Nick Serio. Yeah. Yeah. I think yeah. you saw Quincy Roche, Roche go against Darisaw, and I was like, oh, buddy, I don't yeah. like this. I don't know why you're like literally like nullified in this game. Yeah. Hard to watch. Him and William Bradley King, the two most, uh, the two best in terms of how they rush the passer. Like pass rushing moves, skill set, toolbox. They are just not the athletes and they're undersized. It's just a damn damn shame. All right. So we didn't talk about this at the top, but linebacker is not a position where if you go to the senior bowl, you're looking for like, this is going to be like a, a separating week for them. Like linebacker running back, you're not coming away. Don't like do, you don't do anything. You don't do a ton of things. And like <laughs> yeah. the linebacker drills, they run like specifically the ones in coverage where you're going against like running backs on Texas routes and stuff like are just yeah, built for you to lose. No like chance, yeah. if you look good in those drills, like it's rare. And I think Kyle Duggar is a name that comes to mind. Like, Oh my, Oh man, he's playing these drills mm-hmm. and like actually looks pretty good. Same with, um, I don't remember his name now. The other, the other Utah guy, not Jalen Johnson. Um, the slot, Burgess. Terrell, Terrell Burgess. He also looked very good in those. But like nine times out of ten, you look a lot like the the Cal linebacker that what, what's his name, dude? The guy, Evan Weaver. Evan Weaver, where you just look like you're you know feet in the mud and and, and nothing's going to work out. But here are the linebackers that are notable that will be there. Um, Charles Snowden of Virginia. We have Hamaclar Rashed. I think it's there's three Ohio State guys there. Of Oregon State. But he's first. of Oregon State. But yeah, sorry. Yeah. Hamaclar Rashed. And then Baron Browning of Ohio State. Chad Surratt of UNC. Uh, Jabril Cox of LSU, formerly North Dakota State. Monty Rice of Georgia. KJ Britt of Auburn. And then Jordan Smith, the UAB edge, is listed at linebacker on the senior bowl roster. He's also in the mix here. Um, Let's start the conversation with him. What's your opinion of Jordan Smith? So Jordan Smith is, yeah, he said he played edge. He has a crazy build, 6'7", like 250 range, and just so skinny. 
him and Charles Snowden have also Charles Snowden has crazy build too. I think he's also like six 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 seven two forty. Crazy long. Like they are. Those are ideal builds for the edge, but like you got to have some power to you once you get to the NFL. You're gonna have to sit on blocks for a little bit, and he's just. I'm, I'm going to be interested to see actually one of the guys I'm going to be interested to see in the run game, Jordan Smith, and like the run one-on-ones because I don't know if he can even stay on the line of scrimmage like against actual NFL power at tackle, and obviously you didn't see it there at UAB. So those two guys are interesting. The one I want to see, though, is Jabril Cox because to me, he's the best pure coverage linebacker in this group. And like I said, those routes are set for you to lose but I think he I think he's gonna look good in them like he's just he reminds me a lot of and I didn't put this in his comp in the draft guy because you never want to go that high on someone but Darius Leonard and just that I don't think he's the fastest I don't think he's the most explosive linebacker but he's long and he's incredibly smooth natural athlete that just like in coverage is not going to be like he's not going to fall step he's not going to misstep one way he's not going to be off balance he's going to always play to his athlete to max to his athleticism whereas a guy like uh baron browning probably more athletic more explosive is not always going to play to that level of athleticism because he just doesn't see the game at the same sort of rate in pff's 2021 nfl draft guide six foot four 231 was a two-star recruit but listen to this freaking background he was a three-year starter two-time captain at missouri's raytown south high school he, he was a dual threat quarterback they played wide receiver, linebacker, safety, and corner in high school throughout his career. He also, um, he like, over 3,000 I mean, yards like of total offense, 31 touchdowns. He's also a four-year starter on the basketball team. Um, he did not have a single FBS offer coming out. Only got a handful of FCS offers, including North Dakota State, and then obviously transferred to LSU for his final year of eligibility. And he graded out really well this year. He, yeah. had, he had the most pass breakups of any linebacker targeted 10-plus downs, yards downfield. Like, he was actually could run with guys and make That's plays on the football of anyone so i'm also interested to watch uh, i mean chad surratt will be there he's another talented linebacker prospect former quarterback also like one of the probably one of the smartest dudes in this class like knowing his high school background like dudes like 4.0 4.5 student and then uh kj Britt of auburn is a guy that i feel like when you turn on auburn tape what was to your watch- gpa in high school huh what was your gpa i uh, was 3.9 nice dude. what was yours it's like three four three five sorry right. 3.9 nerds <laughs> <laughs> You didn't play, so you didn't play high school football, did you? We didn't even have high school football in my that's nuts high school. We only had sixty kids. The people that say like if you never played the game, hate you probably. Yeah, probably. Anyway, all right. uh, Offensive line here at the Senior Bowl. You have Trey Smith of Tennessee, Liam Eikenberg of our Golden Irish, Spencer Brown of UNI University of Northern Iowa, Dylan Reduns of North Dakota State, Alaric Jackson Iowa, Ben Cleveland of Georgia, Alex Leatherwood of Alabama. Cornbread, a.k.a. Deontay Brown of Alabama, Landon Dickerson of Alabama. Then you have James Hudson, the former Michigan transfer that went to Cincinnati this year, Creed Humphrey of Oklahoma, and then Quinn Miners of Whitewater. Wisconsin Whitewater. Wisconsin Whitewater. Our boy Owen Reese was coaching him out. Does he still coach there? Yeah, he he was. They didn't even play this fall, obviously, because COVID. But he was pimping him out all spring all summer to Jim What'd you Nagy. take? Is he a monster? Get him. He's pretty good. I mean, he looks crazy for that competition. It's very tough to tell. It's a little stiff. He's not. He's not. Uh-oh. He's not as good as Ben Barks was last year. Okay. Sorry, Owen. But I mean, he's deserving of being there. I will say, um, dude, Ben Barks made himself some dollars. Yeah, when he went to the senior, that was a heck of a performance. So if he looks like that by all means. But Miners is a guard. It was guard at Whitewater. Uh, Barks was a tackle at. Oh gosh, I should know where he went. 
I don't remember either. Minnesota something. No, nah, I don't know. I'll look it up. I should know. It's like Saint. Nope. Saint John. Saint John. Nice John's. play. Oh, They're the Saint John Johnnies. Yeah. Uh, the guy I'm looking forward to. A number of guys loaded, absolutely loaded offensive line class. This is about as good an offensive Dude, line so class as the Senior Bowl. Guys, I'm really looking forward to James Hudson, Cincinnati, because he's the kind of athlete that you know can be more than just a, you know a fourth round kind of flyer guy. Like he's actually very coordinated in how he moves, but just no technique whatsoever, like no polish on him. You could tell he was a defensive line guy who just switched to offensive line and really just kind of. The fact that he did that so recently and played as well as he did at yeah. Cincinnati is nuts. Kind of just freestyling, and he was, but he was still kind of good. Uh, so I'm excited to see him. Might not look great, but I still believe, even if he doesn't. And then the two uh, FCS guys there, Redunce, who obviously only had one game this year, uh, and then Spencer Brown, who is an absolute monster. If you've watched Spencer Brown yes. at all, 6'9". Um, apparently like very low body fat percentage at 320 is just like going to have 30 something inch vertical like a different athlete altogether he honestly looks when you just like see picture of him he looks like he should be on like a world's strongest man but he's just an absolute horse not not much like he kind of got beaten by anyone who was good like he faced john daca this guy from james madison a couple years ago who ended up signing with practice squad with the ravens and just like wasn't even touching him so ways to go but you can't you can't teach the sort of physical ability that he has he yeah is and the draft guy is listed at 6 8 3 20 yeah might even be bigger than that that's a freakish nature he earned uh he was hit zero you know zero star recruit coming out i think it was iowa's lenox high school played bass he was a three-year letterman in basketball baseball and football in high school he also i think he played tight end so that's like my neck of the woods. 288 i know the the small town midwest high school football all too well those are there's like there no one comes out no one comes out of the like yeah. no one gets his background's offers. interesting Doesn't i'm excited i mean that's what you always look forward to at the senior bowl too is these small school guys that have an opportunity now to go against some big dogs some yeah. some legit like top three round pro- prospects from the power five and other fbs schools like that's how ben barch made his money and you'll see you know potentially dylan Redunds and um spencer brown have that opportunity as well i'm excited about james hudson i i gotta see cornbread at the senior bowl and those one-on-ones that dude's a monster um trey smith was someone i watched recently and like overall pretty concerned with his tape like there's some stuff like specifically in pass pro where like he's lungy off balance the hype does not stops match. his feet on contact like there's some there's some ugly on his tape but i mean that's a former five star who's a monster in the run game i mean he's a yeah. he's a big dude I'm he also i mean he lost all his off seasons because his yeah, he blood yeah. Clots he's in an his interesting lungs. he's going to be an interesting evaluation what's your opinion of uh creed humphrey i know a lot of people like him as potentially one of the top interior infantile linemen i think he's solid he, he hasn't gotten that much better in three years i'll say like i was he kind of was always hoping for more after his retro freshman year he thought oh wow it was kind of it was for a retro freshman that was pretty damn good but then there's a reason why he didn't clear last year is because gosh we said at the baylor guy uh our fave the tiny little uh, oh uh bravion roy bravion roy just ate his lunch i remember that he's just he's a tall center i think he might actually be a better fit at guard six five. Oh wow he kind of doesn't he struggles to play low so i think he might be a better for a guard um but he could make himself some money here at Senior Bowl, sure. All right, at quarterback, no Kyle Trask. I think he's sitting out the week with an ankle, ankle. injury. Unfortunate Boo. there, but we still that's, have. That's horseshit, in my opinion. Come on. How do you, you break the situation? Or how do you hurt your ankle? You don't know the situation. You bite your tongue. I, you, you, I, what I just said is probably what every scout in America is saying right now. Loser. Because 
unless you actually broke your ankle, you go there and you compete. You know, wow. you compete. Okay, Dan Campbell. <laughs> hey, Patrick Mahomes just won a AFC championship with turf toe. Yeah, that, that, yeah that's exactly yeah. the same. Every situation. time he tweaks his so ankle, similar. is he just going to sit out? Shut up. This yeah, how bad trash. does Kyle Trask really want it? <laughs> I hate this conversation. I'm just not, saying, not bad enough. He, he is his stock is not first round stock right now for a lot of teams. Oh, this doesn't help him, but I, I don't think it's necessarily him like bowing out. Either way, let's talk about the quarterbacks that are there. Mac Jones, Kellamon, Jamie Newman among the notables. Tresh yeah. is huge on Jamie Newman, which I don't know if is a great expression, but he really likes him as like a day two He sends him guy. DMs. He's, he's just like, he's hey, buddy. talking to him constantly. He sends him the good morning text every day. doesn't get a reply. I miss those. Uh, Mac Jones of Alabama also there, a guy that you think, you know, should be in the first round probably this year. And then Kellen Mond of Texas A&M, former five-star that like yeah. has all everything what people want. Mac Jones, just by showing up, already put himself ahead of Kyle Trask on everyone's board. Now wow. his tape is probably also better, but... I, I kind of love him, Mac Jones. This it's a high risk play. He comes there and looks like butt cheeks. I don't think anyone's touched him in the first round. Jesus. You come there though, and you light it up. You look like the best quarterback there. And, and he's playing for the Panthers coaching staff, who has the eighth overall pick. He can make himself a lot of money there. Jamie Newman is the one though I am looking forward to seeing the most because, again, we didn't see him this yeah, year. I think him. he has some big regrets about not playing this season, watching every quarterback and their mother light it up in college football and he's just on the sidelines you know twiddling his thumbs probably not he's probably actually like training and working out but he really just in the minds of nfl evaluators if you're not you know best ability is availability if you're not out there you kind of fall by the wayside and he has the talent yeah he has an arm he's athletic he's got good size but we just didn't see it Let's and we saw it. i don't know really a wake forest offense was like jokingly simplistic compared to anything he's going to run what he would have ran at georgia what he's going to run at the next level so all right let's like jump to uh running back here uh Demetric felton ucla michael carter a pff guy i think pff is going to be high on michael oh, yeah. carter compared to some other guys especially because i mean just his broken tackle numbers are stupid at unc kylan hill bowling ball of butcher knives some call him coming out of mississippi state uh then you have ramondre stevenson of oklahoma Najee harris the alameda guy from Al alabama and then khalil herbert i think for virginia virginia tech virginia, virginia tech or virginia tech come on uh that's on me um I'm by way of Kansas. I am not thrilled at watching running backs at the senior bowl. There's not a ton to glean yeah. from what they're asked to do, but this running back class, like all running back classes has some interesting names. This is I'm a lot better senior bowl running back class than we saw last year. I will say Najee Harris, if he takes a snap in pads, he's an idiot. Why, why would you like, wow. we've seen, we've seen enough. I'm just, I'm roasting Kyle Trask for not playing <laughs> Najee Harris. If you play, you have it's a dangerous to position to play too. I mean, yeah. it's just like it you is one of the more injury-prone positions. Yeah, and like you don't want you you, saw you roll you, an ankle at the Senior Bowl. That's bad news bears, my friend. You do not want that. Especially yeah. there's just like we said. There's in addition to him already being considered a first-round talent by many, and likely his agent is telling him that as well. Like you don't glean a ton from what he does at the Senior Bowl. Like you're not going to see. And we know you're a horse game, already. Really. We know you're a gamer. Yeah, you don't got to prove that. And also, and, and running back's one position where no one comes away from the week being like, this running back made himself a lot of money. It's not, you can't glean too much from, you know, non-contact practice because running back's such a contract, contact-driven position. The one, the two guys I will note, though, that I want to see. Now, love Mike Carter, love Khalil Herbert. But Demetric Felton, UCLA, only played a handful of games this year. Finally was their starter. He's listed at wide receiver also there. He's going nice. to run with the wide receivers. Started out in the slot there his career at UCLA. 
he can run routes. I, I, I think he's going to be one of our favorite running backs in the class because of his receiving ability. And then Ramondre Stevenson didn't ever really start at Oklahoma, maybe towards the end of the season, started really getting more carries this year. It's a Juco transfer, I believe, but he is six foot, 245. <laughs> Dude, he is an absolute unit. Can he move? doesn't even look fair. Can he? I just want to see him run some routes. Can you run a route? Is he going to run routes? I don't know. I mean, like those like Texas routes. He's built he like a cinder block. Yeah. So those would be fun. You know what he's built for? So he's like an A.J. Dillon, built for January. Yeah. He's going to show up big. He's a Packers target for sure. Yeah, I mean, you honestly. consider it. That second round, he's on the board still. Pull the trigger. At least think about it. All right, tight end. Because, I mean, they need a backup to A.J. Dillon. <laughs> tight end here, you have Hunter Long of Boston College and then Kenny Yaboa of Ole Miss. Hunter Long... We've said this before, contested catch monster at Boston College. This guy owns receiver or corners and defensive players at the catch point. And then Kenny Yaboa is an interesting one that is probably the better pass catching tight end and one of maybe one of the better tight ends in this group for the senior bowl. Yeah. He's just I wouldn't be surprised if like Yaboa doesn't even go drafted though. Like there you gotta you gotta be able to block today's NFL. And if you don't, you better be dynamic. And I don't think he's necessarily either. He's kind of in that gray area for a lot of teams, which is just upside end group at the senior bowl. Um, Hunter Long's kind of just like solid. It's just like okay across the board. Like, exactly what you need at tight end. Yeah, like again, like you can do worse, and you can also do better. Like he's not gonna, he's not gonna, he's not a needle mover, but he's also not gonna be a liability if you're throwing him red zone targets. So that was sarcasm, by the way. That's how I feel. If you're I, I think if you need to try and attack the high end at the tight end position. Like I mean you see these offenses yeah. with like a Darren Waller, George Kittle, Travis Kelsey type. Like it is it can be a legitimate difference maker yes. for your team. Like, I think you should be chasing ceilings at tight end, trying to find a guy that can legitimately run from the slot, run yeah. from out wide and and be that monster. And again, if you're running a four seven five forty, you're not gonna be that guy. Sorry. That's just the God's yeah. truth. You're not wrong. All right, last position group here, and then we wanted to touch on some guys that we wish could be there at the Senior Bowl. It's uh, here, But here's the wide receivers. It's Dwayne Eskridge of Western Michigan, Thailand Wallace, Oklahoma State, Nico, Nico Collins of Michigan, um, Kadarius Toney of Florida, Amari Rogers of Clemson, Devontae Smith of Alabama, though he won't be participating due to the hand injury in the championship game. Then you have Cornell Powell of Clemson, and then Sage Surratt, the big man out of Wake Forest. That dude's huge. Strongest of all these guys, I think my favorite is obviously Devontae Smith, but like I'm saying, he's not playing, he's Mm -hmm. not gonna be playing this week. But I think my favorite's between Kadarius Tony and Tylan Walls. I like both those guys a lot. Yeah, I really want to see Kadarius Tony just like run some different stuff because when you saw him run like somewhat normal routes, they didn't didn't look great. No, he can run like very creative, like a whip route that's just like out of this world. (laughs) But when he runs like a hitch, it's just like that's not a good hitch. His best game, I think, from a usage standpoint was the Tennessee game. He ran some routes out of the backfield, mm-hmm. a lot of screens behind the line of scrimmage, and some option routes underneath. Like that, I think it's is who he is. Like, yeah. That's who you want. And I, I was having this conversation with you and Steve before the podcast, but like Kadarius Tony is like first round ability. Like his like mm-hmm. athleticism, dynamism is like rare enough to where like you find that in the second round, that's nuts. But I also think he's not going to be a first rounder for every offense. Because like depending on what you do with your slot receiver and what you want in a slot receiver like Kadarius Tony is not like not everyone's cup of tea like because I don't think his ball skills are like fantastic he sucked at the catch point this year through contact 
Um, and I, like you said, yeah. not like an elite route runner by any means. Like if you're looking for a Cole Beasley, Hunter Renfro type that like catches everything third and Renfro style, I don't think that's him. If you're looking for a guy that's like a difference maker on schemed targets and mm-hmm. schemed releases that can like legit juke people out of their shoes before and after the catch, I think that's where you're going with Kadarius comp in the draft guide was a bigger Dante Hall. That's oh, so like, wow. That's kind of who he is. He's just rid... Like he he can do things with his body that no one else can, but he's also not really a wide receiver at this point. Yeah. So I'm excited to see like how he does when he actually has to just kind of within structure run a certain route in a certain way. So uh, him, Dwayne Eskridge, Western Michigan guy, very excited to see him. Legit four three guy, five nine. Draft guide nugget for you: over half his yards came on slants, goes, and posts. Oh wow! In his career, <laughs> that's insane. Speed. Yeah, the guy can fly, but like we really haven't seen him do wide receiver things besides straight line speed so excited to see what he does yeah and then after that someone i'm like super excited for talent wallace i think we'll put on a show i think he's gonna be one of those guys that talent wallace's press will be nice to watch yeah and the one-on-ones he'll have some good times i mean Darius tony is gonna make someone look like an idiot for sure in the one-on-ones he has that ability in him sage surratt is one that will be yeah we didn't see him this year so big but like i think we know who he is is the thing with surratt like he's a very well-defined guy. He will beat you with physicality. He will not really ever run past you. Yeah. Which is like, I think he's more. I think he's honestly more going to be like a slot receiver. Like he would be good. You know where he'd be good? Baltimore. He'd be a good receiver. Baltimore. Big catch radius. Physical guy over the middle of the field. But like, that's where they need a guy that can get open in Baltimore, don't they? He can, he can get open like in the middle of the field. Like he can get open by pushing off guys he's kind of sudden like yeah for how little speed he has he kind of can like on his brakes can shake you but then it's just not gonna be it's not gonna be running down and away from guys which that's not what happens in that offense though they need cow Pitts, man i love yeah, cow Pitts to baltimore like cow Pitts. i don't think they'll be able to have a chance at getting him but like they need a guy like that gets open over the middle of the field consistently and if states are at that guy may be but like i want like a like a, a guy i can feed like 100 targets a year because he's getting open that often um all right, you wanted to highlight four names that you wish could be there at the senior bowl, but won't be there. Yes. One guy I cannot believe is not there is Stanford's Walker Little. He had to have gotten an invite. The offensive tackle was thought of, I mean, you go back to mock drafts heading into the 2019 season. You'd be hard-pressed to find a mock draft that didn't have a, as a first-rounder. So that would be for the 2020 draft because that was his junior year. Plays one game, knee injury, gets hurt. It wasn't even like an ACL, though. I, I can't remember exactly what it was. Hurt, out for the year, misses 2019. Back this year, opts out of the 2020 season. So we've not se- we've seen him one game the last two seasons. So, like, no one in the NFL even knows what this guy can do against, like, pass rushers at this point. Because his last you saw was a sophomore tape. And it was, like, all right, but it wasn't – You were, people were objecting on his first round because of physical tools, not because like of on-field performance. Too. Yes. So it is crazy to me that he won't go there and compete. He's working with your boy, Paul Alexander. He's working with Paul Alexander, yeah. So him, Tevin Jenkins, the Oklahoma State offense tackle, not as surprised that he opts out. He's probably a pretty safe first-rounder at this point with his skill set, but I just would have loved to see him there because he's a horse. That guy can. That guy has some awesome blocks on tape. Some against Joseph Asai of Texas, we just he threw him around. Um, Jalen Phillips from Miami, selfishly, just want to see him play, but probably Jalen for the best Phillips. for him. He doesn't need to get – he doesn't need any unnecessary contact in his life. Anymore after I didn't have a conversation about Jalen Phillips. I, I, I tweeted this and I, I stand by. I think he could be 
the most like if, if like it's say like we look at this draft from four years from now the most productive edge defender along the I mean in this class he's awesome. because he's that good he's Former got five like, star coming out of California it all he has the length you know? the athleticism everything the problem with Jalen Phillips and people were replying to my tweet with this and I knew I obviously knew this <laughs> he has three concussions and he had when he got his third concussion at UCLA and it was like one game in a car accident too yes yeah it wasn't or he got hit by a car whatever it was. something like that that like is not probably your normal run-of-the-mill concussion. He had three concussions. His third concussion, the UCLA medical medical staff said, hey, you should probably stop playing football. And he did. And he, he stopped for, I think, 18 months. Dropped from, like, 250 to 210. Pursued a music career. Like, got, like, a certificate in audio engineering. Like, the guy went all, all in on, like, not being a football player. But then got calls and then obviously ended up going to Miami, Florida. And, like, was very productive this year. Ranked, of all the seasons we've looked at along the edge as pass rushers, true pass rush win rate when RPOs, play action, screens are removed, he ranks top 10. Like, he was good this year. Yeah. The, the concern is, and it's not medical concerns. It's not ability. It's, like... What happens if he gets another concussion? Like, that, like yeah. you're taking that risk. And I think Steve made this comparison. It's like the Maurice Hurst thing. Like Maurice Hurst, a lot for a huge reason why he fell down heart. boards was that the heart issue. But it's not something where, oh, he's going to be consistently hurt. It's like, oh no, it's just like if this flares up, it's over. You just wasted a yeah, exactly. Pick. And that that's why like I think the Jalen like, Phillips yeah. conversation is interesting. I'm trying to get him on the podcast. I'm working on that. There's a handful of other guys I'm trying to get on the podcast as well. With like these, these there's some guys where you just have to talk to them. Like what. You know, there's some things where there's off-field stuff or whatever that I think it's interesting to get these guys on. Tay Gowan, last guy? Last guy. UCF cornerback, Tay Gowan, another opt-out. Now, he didn't even get a senior role invite. Isn't and he's that out there. monster? He's huge. He's out on Twitter complaining, saying, give me the invite, whatever, just give me a chance. Uh, didn't play this past season. 6'2", 185. He's going he's gonna to run the four threes now at, like, his pro day or whatever. And everyone's going to – there's going to be a lot of four threes this year because it's going to be a lot of, you know – it's going to be a lot of Cameron Dancer four threes, but he's a legit four three guy. He did not, no one ran. He was running toe to toe with Semi Fahoko, who was the Stanford guy who also ran the four threes. Um, legitimately fast, legitimately long. Did not lose like a lot last year on his tape 2019 on his tape at UCF. Playing a ton of outside too. And playing press man on the outside in that system. Obviously, the talent competition level not the greatest, but he is, the guy's got something. And I'm very surprised. I guess I'm not surprised that he didn't get a senior bowl invite. No one's going to complain too much if you don't invite the group of five guy who didn't play this past year. He's not really on a lot, lot of radars. But to me, he's a lot better prospect than a, a lot of the quarterbacks that are there. Two-star recruit Maybe coming old. out. I think his only offer was Miami of Ohio. I think he played there for three games and then ended up going the Transfer. Juco route and then obviously went to UCF after that. Six foot two, 185 listed in the draft guide. He's long. He's tall. This class is long and tall. These cornerbacks... These are big-ass cornerbacks outside of Asante Samuel Jr. and maybe some other the slot guys. But um, I'm excited about this group. I'm excited about the Senior Bowl. The plan for this week. Let's update everybody on the plan for this week. Yeah. We, got the, we got the Wednesday podcast. We want to look at Dane Brugler's latest big board. Just some reactions to that. Steve Palazzolo, friend of the pod. Steve Palazzolo came out with a mock draft today that I want to touch on. And then Daniel Jeremiah had quite the mock draft. Aaron Robinson was in the first round. Joe Tryon was in the first round. 2-2 fucking Atwell. 2-2 Atwell over Rondell Moore. Round. In the yeah. first round. So let's have a conversation about that on Wednesday. So I want to do those three things. Then obviously by Wednesday, we'll have reviewed the Tuesday film. We get sent the film from the Senior Bowl. We're going to review the film and then look at Tuesday practice and have some highlights from the Senior Bowl and talk about winners and losers potentially on the Wednesday episode. Then Thursday, mailbag season. How do you get your mailbag question answered, Mike? You go leave a five-star review on Apple. Now, we, we need to have a specific mailbag in the future that's for everyone who doesn't have Apple. That's a good, some, that's some, a good take. I don't know how we... 
set that up. But Twitter at some DMs point, are open. We do feel bad that if you're not in the Apple, what do they call it? The ecosystem? Mm-hmm. I don't know if they call it that. They call it the ecosystem. If you're not in the Apple ecosystem, that you're yeah. shunned. But like... That, that helps us to get reviews. That's why it's we true. Do. No, Apple That's helps us in the charting. It's yeah. massive. But we have had a ton of questions for this week already. Like we have yeah. a ton of reviews. We really appreciate all the feedback. This is so. awesome. But if you want to get yours in for this week's mailbag, please leave another one because we'd love to see it. Um, that's going to do it though. Until the Wednesday episode, Austin Gale, Mike Renner, 2-4 Drafts.